Dave Wadsworth, how are you? Leslie Peters, I am doing great. And uh, you're looking good, buddy. I'm telling you. Uh, thank you, man. I, I, look, I, I'm, 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 I'm knocking them down. I'm knocking them down. I'm down about five pounds, so I'm knocking them down. Hey, you're kicking so, my butt. I'm down about two pounds this yeah, week. We're working. We're working. We're going in the right direction. Listen, um, <laughs> this is episode 24 of Black and White Men Talking Podcast, where myself, Leslie Peters, and Dave Wiseworth, where we literally talk about everyday issues just from a black and a white man's perspective. And here where we truly believe that great things happen when black men and white men truly sit down and talk. And so we love doing it. We love bringing people together. We love tackling tough issues together and getting both perspectives. And sometimes we find out how far away we are and sometimes we find out how closely aligned we are. And the beauty of it all is in having a conversation that's never a conversation where we don't learn something from one another. And with that being said, I, I mean, I got to say, man, I feel like I'm next to a superstar. It's the man, the award-winning, best-selling author two times uh, <laughs> with his first book. Um, and Dave, I'm going to give you, you call out the name. The first book was? Living in the Ditch. Living in the Ditch. Got to get it from Reed. He talks about his childhood all the way up in his life, of living in the ditch and it's just a great read, really funny story. And then he turned up the fire. I mean, he turned up the gasoline on us. He he cranked it up a notch with his second book, which is Finishing on Fire. Uh, where Dave, tell us a little bit about that book, Dave. Yeah, that that was a fun one. Also, um, the first book was a dedication to my mom and and my childhood, and she just loved it. And then. Uh, the second one more to my dad, and it's called, the title is Finishing on Fire, Live Your Legacy of Purpose, Passion, and Prosperity. And I want people to win in all those areas of their life. And I tell some really, really good stories and actually action items of how you can do that in your life. Um, what I did in, in that book, and it was actually number one, uh, bestseller on uh, Amazon. The other one got to number four. It didn't quite hit number one, but that's top five, and I'm good with that. But uh, but the finishing on fire, there's so many stories, and at the end of each chapter, I give you an opportunity to write down, okay, based on what I just read, how do I need to tweak my life or make a change that will really make a difference? And and I gave you a lot of, of uh, ideas throughout that book, and if you just get the book and and, and pick out one idea that will change your life. Just a simple tweak. You don't have to just do an about face, but one idea. And uh, and I'm excited. I get people that tell me all the time. They said, Dave, I loved your book. And then they tell me a story about a story I told in the book. And they say, oh, my gosh, that really hit me. And that made me think you know, a little differently about what I'm doing. And so that's exciting because because, Leslie, you and I both are here to encourage and help people change their lives every day, just a little ways. Uh, and, and, and as they see us talk together and work through some ideas and as we kind of butt heads, <laughs> yeah. hopefully, hopefully not being butt heads, but uh, <laughs> as, as we talk through stuff, you know, obviously we, we disagree without being disagreeable and being a jerk about it. But this book, the, the finishing on fire, I think is, is something that, 
uh, I've just really been uh, so uh, thankful for and blessed by people that have read it and have just, you know, picked up a few things and said, wow, I can, I can really, you know, en enhance my life by just doing that one little thing. So uh, thanks for bringing that up. I appreciate you saying no, that. Absolutely. So that takes us right into today's show. And listen, we got another book that Dave and I are working on together. Uh, uh, Black and white men talk in the book. There's going to yep. be a workbook series to that. That is next on the horizon where we, we both dive into it and you get the beauty. And you're going to see what I'm talking about when I talk about that magic of when black and white men come together and truly have a conversation. But we are really focused on teaching people the principles of how to do that. And there is a way and a, and a, and a, and a way that it needs to be set up so that it's healthy and it's done the right way so that it produces great results. And it's true, it's authentic and it's real conversation. And so, so many times people never get to experience the beauty of a true relationship between black and white because the relationship is nothing but surface conversation. It's never truly real where you truly are vulnerable. So you can't get to know somebody if they're if you're only getting to know what they want you to know. And so we navigate and help people walk through that. And there are certain principles and structures to how you need to do that. And we help organizations do that so that you can get this environment happening, which truly allows the organization to get the most productivity out of everybody and allows the organization to succeed. And the beauty of these principles, not only do they work in black and white men, they work in any groups of different groups of different personalities and cultures. So we're really teaching you how to bring people together and that's what it's all about. So if you need us to come into your organization and help you do that, just hit us up at Black and White Men Talking. And we can find our podcasts on any of the usual spots, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Listen Notes, Google Podcasts, and YouTube, of course. Now that we got that out of the way, let's dive into today's show. <laughs> We're going to be talking about something. Uh, look, man, I feel like we say it a lot, Dave. Just get, whew, get, get all stuff you love, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I, I did want to get us into um, today's conversation, which Dave created the title for today's show, which is Adapt or Die. And I'm going to give it over to my main guy to, to start us off today as we talk about adaptability. And, and Dave, let's, let's take it from there. All right. Adapt or Die. And, and I know every day, and we've talked about this your life is a series of choices and you've got to make decisions. And, and I always heard the guy that said, um, you know, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. Well, of course you got to take it because you can't go straight ahead. It's a fork. So, but, but here in life, when we make choices, we are uh, deciding on a situation right in front of us and, and we are adapting because when you get up in the morning, you don't know what's going to hit you in the face and you've got to adapt to it. Um, my daughter, a lot of times she'll call me and she'll say, uh, dad, uh, this car is doing this funky little thing and it's got this light on, on the dashboard. <laughs> what do I do? And I, and I drop everything at that point And I say, okay, this is my, my daughter. I'm going to help her figure out how she can adapt to her little issue right there. And, uh, the other day, um, she realized uh, one car that they had taken into the shop, it was a total disaster. And all of a sudden, 
now she's dealing with a buddy of mine uh, looking for a, a new car, a new used one, not a new car. But uh, anyway, and, and she's she all, she had a real change of her mindset because she realized if she kept driving that car, she was going to die <laughs> because it would get up to 40, 45 mile an hour. And it started shaking and rocking and rolling. And when you're driving around Indianapolis, when everybody else is going 70 mile an hour, on the uh, on the big circle around Indianapolis, you better you better not be there and have trouble because you'll get run over. And and so, uh, adapting or die is, is I think a good way to say it because we are making choices and and we're getting challenged every day. They may not be big things, but we need to to make smart choices and, and say, okay, this is not really what I wanted to fight today, but. It's in my way, and I need to figure out how to get around it, over it, under it, or through it, and we need to adapt. And, uh, of course, you've heard the boxing uh, analogy. I don't know who that was. Was it um, George Foreman, or, or maybe it was – I think it was George Foreman. He said, you know, everybody's got a plan, or Mike Tyson maybe. Oh, yeah, everybody's got a plan until they get hit in the mouth. <laughs> until they get punched in the mouth, and then they're like, oh, wait a minute. That didn't feel so good. That Now, now i got to change. I've got to adapt. And, and literally, they could be knocked out right then if they didn't adapt and change. And, and that's what we've got to do. And, and I like the saying, I've used it so many times, that um, the only constant in our life is change. Because <laughs> every minute, every hour, every day, uh, things are changing. Your body is, is growing. Uh, it is dying. It is changing. And you've got to, uh, to to work through that stuff. And and you and I, Leslie, are on a big challenge to lose this extra weight that we're carrying because we're getting a lot of blowback uh, from, you know, our knees and our back. <laughs> uh, yeah, all of that. Yeah. <laughs> but we have to adapt. We have to realize if we keep going down this road, we're in trouble. We're going, to, we're going to create a, a, a monster that, that's going to be uh, very painful in our lives. And so, well, we got to adapt. And so, so that's part of our decision making and, and we need to be smart. So, um, yeah, we've got to adapt. So what are you thinking? No, no, no doubt about it. I think we definitely have to adapt. And I think, you know, I was talking to my young nephew uh, today, my god nephew, and, <laughs> you know, he's young, he's 24. And he's in that transition where you leave, you're leaving mom's house, and you know you're trying to become your own independent man. And and I had to just tell him, listen, um, I said I love you, but what you're experiencing right now, I said you're struggling because because by age and definition, you're an adult. Yes. But by all the other components that make up an adult, you're a child. And I say, you can't call the duck shots because you're not an adult yet. <laughs> you got to take the whole package to be able to call the duck shots. So, you know, so as so as long as until you make that transition where you get out on your own and you're not in mom's house and dad's house, you, it's certain things you just got to eat because you don't control that yet. It's not your house. That's and right. So, um. And I think that so many times as we look at our society, um, we we get in a lot of trouble because, and, and myself included, I'll just take myself, I get in the most trouble 
when I find myself relying relying on information or techniques or strategies that worked yesterday. Yes. So I give an example that particularly when it comes to parenting, right? You're like, well, man, when I grew up, I didn't, it don't matter because this is not when you grew up. <laughs> you know, and I, and I, my wife has a constantly remind me, yep, that is 2023. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? We also didn't have cell phones back then, but now we do. We didn't have the internet back then to deal with, but now they do. So yeah. things are different, right? Yeah. So, so she has to remind me of that, that I have to adapt. Yeah. Your, your principles and your beliefs and your ethics and morals are fine, but you have to adapt your delivery for it to be effective in 2023. That's that's a good point. And, and Leslie, one thing that I do, and, and I want to encourage our listeners, uh, if you if you hear me on anything, listen to this. Always be be a lifelong learner. Always try to learn and don't learn just from people that you agree with. Listen to other sides of, of the argument. Listen to people that you don't quite line up with and, and, and see what they have to say. I listen a lot. I, I, I uh, watch or listen mostly to YouTube on different subjects, but I listen a lot on AI, artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. and the changes that are going on uh, in that world of technology are phenomenal. And they're so fast, rapidly changing that it's scary. Uh, and, and it's, you know, there's good and bad in everything. And, right. and the AI is changing so fast that uh, it's actually grouping together and it's becoming, uh, you know, the language is, are, are connecting where it's learning on its own and, and the experts don't even realize it. It's yeah. Oh, it's no. Listen, listen, let me give you another, right? As a college professor, I can give you another added dimension of difficulty where we're all having to adapt because now when you give a written paper assignment, you, <laughs> you don't have to just worry about uh, them um, copying somebody else's work anymore. No, with with artificial intelligence and chat GBT and AI and all of that now, it's literally able to write a paper. You just give it the topic and cite sources and it's able to do that. And when I tell you the quality of, of, of what it's able to do is so amazing and you have no way to prove <laughs> <laughs> that the student didn't do it. You know, right? You know, because you know what their writing style have been, and then you know what you're comparing it to, but you still can't prove it, right? So yes. it's, it's changing the way we assess. So whereas I, I, I might have been given a paper, now you, I'm doing more uh, presentations where you're live, you're in front of me, or you, you know, different things of that nature where I can see you. Um, but it's interesting. So it's definitely, but at the same time in business, it's fascinating with some of the things you can do with this. So um, the key word there is adapt. You have to adapt to change because change is constant. As long as that, that clock in time is forever ticking, change is forever changing. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I think Leslie, um, Something that has helped me as I've gotten older, I've learned to be uh, a little more forgiving of people, um, a little less judgmental. 
And and I tried, I've always tried to be as fair as I can and tried to be, and the word I like to use is intellectually honest, which means if my kid is screwing up, they need punishment. Okay. If your kid's screwing up, I could say, Leslie, your kid's a, a, a tyrant. You need to get him reined in, you know, but I mean, we need to be intellectually honest. And so many times we're blinded to, uh, you know, to, to things that, that we should be say, wait a minute. If it's wrong, it's wrong. And so if my kid is acting up, I need right. to say, wait a minute, my kid's acting up. I don't care for you is my kid. And we need to be intellectually honest and every day um, try to be a lot more understanding of people because I've read a lot of material where most people, when they make decisions, okay, at the time, they feel like that's the best option. Okay. Even though it's like, man, that was a dumb decision. Why did, what were you thinking when you did that? And, and we're so quick to judge. And yet if we were put in that same position, I mean, we're smart guys. You know what? We're both college educated. We're, we've got common sense. Uh, I think we are both intellectually honest uh, for the most part, but given the same circumstances, who knows what we would decide uh, you know, at that time. And, and so they're adapting because they're facing a challenge that maybe this is, they've never come up against this and they feel like their backs against the wall. So what are they, what are they doing? They're, they're making the best decision at the time. And, and that's part of adaptability. But if you make that decision, you're going to have to live with the consequences. And that's, and that's sometimes the real hard thing about it is, um, you know, the consequences <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when you think about it, I looked up the word adapt and in its truest form, it just it's a verb, right? It means to make something suitable for a new use, a new purpose, a new group. Yep. Anytime that you're talking or communicating with someone that does not think like you, does not process like you, does not have the same experiences that you have you're going to have to adapt. And the reason why you're going to have to adapt is not so much, you got to adapt to make sure that you communicate in a way that the person can receive it. And then the back half of adapting means you have to listen yep. to hear the response in a way that you're not traditionally used to hearing it. Yep. And so you've got to make that adapt because Dave, you and I will, will, will tackle pretty subjects and be a, let's be honest and full disclosure, we'll tackle subjects that we don't agree on. That's right. <laughs> but I have to make, we both have to adapt to be able to change our disposition, to be able to hear mm -hmm. what the other one is saying in their viewpoint so that then we can actually have a conversation about it. Yeah. And if we don't adapt, then we're never able to accomplish being able to disagree without being disagreeable. See, that's, that's a great point. And Leslie, it's painful a lot of times for me to, uh, to sit and listen to something that I totally disagree with, but I, I try to analyze it and say, okay, why do I disagree with that? Is it, you know, and, and coming from their angle, I, I, I can listen to them, but you're right. We've got to adapt. And I've been together with my wife. You know, we've been married 38 years. We've been a couple for 42. You can't be with someone 42 years without and have a, a great relationship uh, without adapting 
on a daily basis. And even sometimes many times a day, you know, Glenda will say something and I'll take it wrong. And then I react in a way and then she reacts. And, but in, at the end of the day, we're a couple and right. we've committed to each other and you and I, we are brothers. Okay. In this world, we need to make each other better and really have our, our, uh, the best interest of each other, you know, in common, we need to adapt and we need to say, okay, I've got two ears. I'm going to listen to this man because he has value. He has valuable information. He is a, a, a human being with worth, just like me. He's no better. He's no worse, but he can enhance my life and I can enhance his and every team. I love playing on teams. Because a team sport means you've got everybody else there to work with. Okay. If you're basketball, it's five. If it's football, you got 11 people. Okay. Soccer is, what is it? 10, I think on, on a soccer team. Yeah. Yeah. Baseball is nine. Okay. So you've got to have all those pieces and parts working together and that makes a team and you all want to win. And, and I think in life to, to win, we need each other. And we need to listen to each other. We need to adapt and we need to put our best foot forward as far as, as, as trying to say, okay, what's going to make life better for me and the people around me today. And, and, and one thing is, is to listen and be willing to adapt. And, and you're exactly right there, Leslie. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you the, the thing that has made me adapt the most is being a father. Yes. <laughs> because, and then right behind it, a close second, it's been a husband. <laughs> because you are so right. You have to adapt. And I heard something today uh, that my wife sent me this morning, early first thing this morning. Uh, uh, she sent me something because we used to both uh, meditating and doing our readings. And it was uh, this message. And it was saying that... Um, it was at a couples conference and it was this message and it was saying that, listen, you may say my wife's love language is physical touch. Mm-hmm. Okay? But that was your wife's love language 20 years ago. You have not been observant to her evolution of where she is today. Yes. You're still trying to apply a love language from the day you met. <laughs> that love language might have no validity today. Yes. So you're wondering why you used to not struggle, but now you're struggling because you're using a, you're using the wrong love language. <laughs> Your love language may have been gifts. Yeah. 20 years ago, your love language today may be physical touch. But if I'm still trying to buy you gifts and I'm not supplying physical touch, we're going to struggle. That's <laughs> so that just speaks to, um, you know, that adaptability. You have to adapt. And I think it's important that we let other couples know that you have to adapt and you have to understand that we all evolve. None of us are the person or individuals that we were 20 years ago, 10 years ago. None of us are. We, right. we, we have more learned experiences. We have more. We, we've all evolved. And so that's why that saying goes, if I, if my, if my today self could tell my college self what I know now, then yeah, we'd all be millionaires, right? A multi-millionaires. Because we, we, 
we know things that we didn't know at that time. So adaptability is so key uh, to having a happy life. Yes, yes, yes. I, I'm going to tell you a story. I was, I was watching a YouTube uh, video this week, and it's been on here recently. And um, these two guys are big in AI. It's on um, uh, impact theory. It's Tom Blue or... Um, I can't think of how you say his name. It's kind of a, a unique name. And uh, these two guys, and one of the guys is, um, uh, it's um, Peter Diamantes. Uh, he's, um, it looks like Diamond. Uh, I'm going to read the name here and get it right because because I, I really like these guys. Are, are there, They have an interesting take on things. Um, yeah, Peter uh, Diamantes, they wrote the book. Okay. It's uh, Salam Ismail and Peter Diamantes, Diamantes, and they said years ago to have a billion-dollar company, okay, it took about 10,000 employees, okay? Um, then it evolved and it became like 1,000 employees, and you could grow to a billion-dollar company with a B. Instagram. You know how many employees Instagram had? To get to a billion dollars in sales? How many? 13. Wow. 13 employees. Now, they said, they, they mentioned here in this one, and um, I wish I could say the guy's name, but Tom, but the impact theory is is the, uh, the show he has. He's very successful. Good guy. Uh, I like him. He has a lot of interesting guests. But these guys, and I don't believe everything they say. I mean, we don't have the same value system. But I like to listen to them because they're experts in this AI field, and I and I want to learn as much as I can. And you can learn from anybody. But but they're telling us on, on this one particular um, show, and this was back in uh, well, it's June first of of twenty three. So it's a recent episode if you're listening to Earth, us now. But he, they said right now, if you have three people, and they named the different positions. With AI, you can build a billion-dollar company wow. with three, and 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 they showed it with you know Instagram thirteen, and uh, but they said if you use it right, and they were talking about using the Chat uh, GPT uh, four, and then five will be coming and all that, and they said it could take care of so many of these uh, the mundane tasks, and it can do things like you said, writing a paper. And, and we're talking about in seconds, you know, you give it the parameters and you say, OK, I want a paper written on, um, you know, the history of, of uh, growing peanuts. OK, and I want it written in a style of the old English uh, literature and it will and, and say, OK, I want the three main points of, of, of how that you know evolved, the, the growing of peanuts. And in three seconds, it's got it out there. I mean, it has actually written it, and uh, sometimes you have to do a little tweaking and changing, but it is changing our world, and it's doing it daily. Uh, the one man that was big with Google, and he's gotten out because he's concerned about the, the, the uh, and he wrote the social uh, what, dilemma, that movie. He yes. was like co-author of that because he feels like the impact of AI can be used in such a negative way on our children and influence people in such a, a powerful way that we need to get some guidelines and some ethics 
built into this thing uh, because it's we're getting close to a, a tipping point where it can can really overrun things in, in a bad way. And so but but the, to think of that, three people to build a, a billion dollar company, that's that's mind blowing if you really think about it. But that's what this technology can do. That is and, crazy. Uh, yeah. So maybe you, me, Armando, and Greg. We. <laughs> that, is, that is crazy. Like. Yeah. 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 That's that's yeah. I was trying to find that. Um, yeah, I I love this um the the topic of adaptability. I think of the Geico gecko. Uh, but I think of a uh, of a lizard. You know, they have a great marketing deal with that little uh, gecko lizard. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, with the accent, you know, the the uh, Australian accent or whatever it is, it's really pretty cool. But it reminds me of the lizard, the chameleon, and the chameleon is is one that changes colors based on where it's at. Okay, so if it's sitting on a a limb of a tree, it's it turns brown. Okay, now if it's on some leaves or some grass, it'll turn green to 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 adapt to the to the color, and that's a protective thing, which is really fascinating that it can do that. But I think as human beings, we need to have that adaptability, and um, and and like Abraham Lincoln always said, you know, I can learn from from nearly every person I meet but it's usually what not to do. <laughs> and so he, you know, we need to be learning from everyone we meet and, and, and it may be, Hey, that's a bad habit that causes harm. Don't do it. Or it may be, Hey, that guy's got an idea there. I need to kind of follow that. Um, so, so that's part of being adaptable. So, but, um, but yeah, this AI thing, it's, it's changing our world in, in ways that, we can't even begin to fathom. I'm still baffled by the fax machine. <laughs> oh yeah, listen. I, I mean, I, listen. I have. Um, all right, so I'm gonna try to. Let me see if I can get this up here. Um, all right, so I'm gonna try to <laughs> see if I can uh, blow this up what I was talking about and because it's, it's, it's so true. And I just found this particularly interesting because my wife and I was just talking about this the other day. So let me see. All right. So we're going to, we're going to pull this up here and let us take a look at this. And uh, all right, so check this out. This love language is physical touch. That was 10 years ago. She's changed. But because you have not observed her evolution, you're not familiar with the she that she is now. My husband's love language is gifts. That was his love language when you first got married. But you did not observe his evolution because you thought based on a season that where he was is where he would always be. Because in many cases in life, we place ourselves on cruise control and we only associate yeah. the now with what was. When we... Oh. So just... Um... 
Good stuff. Just good stuff uh, for any of you that 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 have been married a long time and you find <laughs> yourself like, uh, like, man, this is harder. It's not just you. Like, we have to go back and relearn. We have to adapt. We have to continuously learn. Like Dave said, we have to be lifelong learners because none of us are who we were. And nope. we have to always be observing and learn and adapt to learn who we are today and who that person is today. So just wanted to get that out to help somebody. Listen, we could talk about adaptability forever. Unfortunately, this show must come to an end and all good things must come to an end. Uh, but listen, follow us on YouTube for the video podcast. Follow us on, uh, if you're in your car, on the Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Listen Notes, you name it. You can find us on the Black and White Men Talking. That's Dave Wadsworth. I'm Leslie Peters. We have enjoyed sharing with you today, and we look forward to continuing to sharing with you and challenging you to do the things and to have the conversations and for black and white men and, 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 and Jew and Gentile and every other creed to really get to know each other and have authentic conversations. Because when we do that, only then can we come together and do some massive things that none of us can do individually. And that's what God is calling us all to do. So until next time, until the next episode, this is a wrap on episode 24. We'll see you on the other side on episode 25. Black and white men, start talking now.